the kids. Fantastic. Well, I don't know if you're a football person, but didn't the doggies do well yesterday? What an inc- Who's a doggy supporter? Put your hand up. Oh, there they are. Well, here they are. Chris Jones is in here. He's most probably still celebrating after yesterday. And uh, what, a, what an incredible, incredible feat. Yeah, what a coach. And we might hear about them a little bit uh, as we go. Well, good morning. Are you well this morning? How are you excited about uh, losing one hour's sleep? Who's excited about that? You know, when you get older, it doesn't matter. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Put your hand up. When you get older, you know what? It just doesn't matter. You sort of catch up during the day, don't you? Those little nana naps, that's what sort of happens. Who knows what I'm talking about? Put your hand up. Look at them. Look at all the nana ones. Look at them. Yeah, yeah, we're having a nap this afternoon. It's an Italian custom. Straight after you eat, you go and have a nap. And I absolutely love it. Hey, I just want to, this morning, just say how proud I am. And most of you wouldn't be aware, but, um, uh, you know, our young people this weekend were at a conference called History Makers, which was started 16 years ago. The founder of the conference uh, is a man called Zoran Pornovich, who happened to be in my youth group. I was actually his youth pastor who's on my youth team. And uh, he came and I think 16 years down the track, he didn't know how the conference was going. He said to me, wow, this thing's got life. And this week what we did, because History Makers is actually uh, housed in our Victory Church campus. And um, what happened is we actually passed the baton on to a new generation of leaders. And uh, Steve Morrison, who was running the conference uh, we, we thanked him for it, and now we handed it on to a 23-year-old. Isn't that amazing? And uh, Pastor Charles and April uh, are overseeing this couple, and I just want to say how proud I am of Charles and April, uh, who have overseen uh, this couple, and I, I just want to say that, you know what, uh, our churches um, have got a great future. And as we saw the transition of generations and the new generals that are coming up, and to see Mason, who's 23 years old, and Jess, who's about, I think she's a little bit old, she's a bit younger, 20, and Charles and April, and, and, I, and I just stood there, I was only able to go one night because I've not been well. How many of you feel sorry for me? <laughs> Still battling a little bit, thank you. What about the rest of you? You've got no passion, no compassion at all. But uh, just to sit there and, uh, and, and you know what, it was really funny because I really wanted to be there from the start. And it's like the Holy Spirit said, excuse me, um, these guys can do the job without you. And I thought, isn't that fantastic to see a new generation emerging and to see what they've done and uh, the place is in great hands. So I'd like you to give this couple a huge hand and just fantastic to see what God's doing. I want you to turn to um, Hebrews chapter 11, and as you're turning to that, this is a chapter of faith. If you've been around for a while as a Christian, you would have heard a lot on the subject of faith. For some of you, it's your favorite subject. I um, was wondering if this week, if you could pray for me, Um, I have to go and do a funeral of a mate's. Um, My mate passed away this week and I hate doing funerals. It's always hard when you've got to do a mate's. And so on Thursday, um, I've been asked to to be part of this funeral and to bring a Christian message There's going to be over a thousand people at the funeral. There's going to be celebrities. Um, The person who passed away, the person I'm referring to is Dave Flanagan. Dave Flanagan was a very popular comedian in uh, um, Adelaide, trained many comedians. And about seven or eight years ago, I had the privilege of leading him to the Lord. And there's going to be a lot of celebrities, a lot of TV personalities, um, And his wife, Sue, has asked me, would you tell them about Jesus Christ? It's a great privilege. It's a great honour. 
some of these people are on platforms. They wear masks, just like Dave did. And we just need to pray that God will touch their lives. Could you pray with me right now? Could we do that? Father, today we thank you. It doesn't matter how big the platforms we stand on. At the end of the day, Lord, we all come to meet our maker. And I pray, Lord, that you would give me courage and that you'd give me the right words to, Lord, bring a message of hope and truth to people that are used to wearing masks and used to being on platforms and used to getting accolades. And I pray, God, that you give me wisdom, that you give me insight and you give me the right words, Lord, to honour Dave's life, but to honour you in his life. And so, Father, I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So please pray. Today I, I get on a plane and go to Adelaide. How many of you know Adelaide have been having huge storms? And um, there's a little bit of a wind swell still. Um, um, I believe that it's nearly over, uh, but we need to pray for Adelaide. So I want to talk about faith. Faith. I was challenged over the last couple of weeks and usually this time of the year I pray for a new theme for God to give me for the year. This year has been possessing his promises and even though we haven't spoken a lot about it, you know, we've actually seen the reality of our church possessing God's promises. This is a promise that God has given us. And many, many people for years held on and believed that God was going to give us our own location. And we stand in here today because of the incredible faithfulness of God. How many of you know that? The warehouse we purchased, and an incredible miracle, is the possession of God's abundant grace upon our life. We still haven't seen that totally unlocked, but I'm believing that over the next six months, we're going to see God do some amazing things in that area. How many of you believe that? You know, that's not just another building. I believe that God is going to use that building, and I prophesy and I declare it, that God's going to use that building to connect people to him. People need to be connected to God and sometimes they might not come to a church like this but maybe they'll come to an op shop to, a, to get a food parcel. Maybe they'll come to get some counselling. Maybe they'll come to the music school. I don't really care why or how they come. I just want to see them connected to God. You know, this year we saw the emergence of another campus and I don't really like to call them campuses because I believe they're actually apostolic hubs. You know, I believe this is an apostolic hub. What do I mean by that? I mean that this is not just a local church, even though it must keep the spirit of a local church, we must keep the spirit of a family. Uh, people need to be connected. Today, uh, families are so dysfunctional. Today, uh, marriages are breaking up. One in two marriages break up. There's such a dysfunctionality of families. Thank God for the family of God that maybe we're not connected by our own relational blood, but we're connected by his blood that connects us. And, uh, you know, the, the, the church in Victory is an apostolic hub. I believe that the, the, the things that are going to come out of these two churches are going to be significant. Already I started seeing some significant signs just at this conference and I thought to myself, wow, look at the emerging generation. And I'm talking 13, 14 and 15, 16 years old. One of the worship leaders wrote this song and I'm thinking he's only, how old's Andy? I think he's 20, 21 years old. And he's written this song and I, I could just, as he was singing it, I thought to myself, do you know what? I, I believe that, you know, we're going to see our worship albums come out of the church. You all went a bit quiet there. How many of you believe that? This next generation will have a new sound. It'll have a sound of worship. And um, I just began to see missions and I began to see that we're going to send out 
teams of missions with music and, and who knows, with, we've got so many nurses in our church, who knows if we could do something beyond just trying to reach people with a message of hope that we can actually put something in their hands and help them physically also. And so they're apostolic hubs, but the Holy Spirit began to speak to me that the theme that we've got to carry and the thing that we've got to build is we've got to build uh, hubs of faith. We've got to build churches that nurture an atmosphere of faith. How many of you know that without faith, we can't please God? We are here today because of someone's faith. We're here today because someone believed the impossible. We're here today because it doesn't matter all the different challenges that this church faced and doesn't matter what it went through, whether they were physical challenges or spiritual challenges, somebody had to believe. You're here today because somebody believed in you. Somebody had faith. And so I want to talk this morning about faith because I believe that it's going to be the theme that God has put on my heart for next year. Hebrews chapter 11, looking at verse 8. If I cough, bless me. Can you do that? So as soon as I, if I start coughing, all of you just do this. Just bless him, Lord. Bless him, Lord. Can you want to practice that? You ready? No, don't do that. All right, are we ready? Here we go. Hebrews 11 verse 8. By faith. Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. I don't know if you've ever been there. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob who were his heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Listen to this, verse 11, by faith, even though he was past his age. And Sarah herself was barren, was was unable to become a father because he considered God more faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he was as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and countless as the sand of the seashore. Look at verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. Look at verse 20. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to his future. Verse 21. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, verse 22, by faith, Joseph, when his end was near, prophesied and spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt, even though he did not see it, and gave instructions that his bones should be taken into the promised land. By faith, Moses, when he grew up, When he was grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. Go to verse 29. By faith, the people passed, this is the Israelites, through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drained. Verse drowned. Verse 30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. I could go on and on and on. My theme today, the topic is by faith. Everybody say by faith. Could you do that? Come on, say it again, by faith. And this morning, these men and women were ordinary people. They didn't have any supernatural powers They weren't specially gifted. They didn't have the resources that most probably they needed to accomplish what God had put on their life. But they chose to believe God. They chose to believe the promise of God that was upon their life. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. By faith, the Israelites passed through the Red Sea. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. By faith, the Bulldogs won the 2016 grand final. And we might laugh, but you know what? It was by faith. Because if you look at their story, they had some impossible odds. 
If you actually, I don't know if you were inspired because let me tell you this, sometimes it takes different things to inspire us, but I was very inspired by the bulldogs because they really nearly killed a giant. They were facing a giant opposition. And there was many claims about the Sydney team and I'm sure they're a great team. But something happened in this team, they nurtured a spirit of faith. They nurtured something that yesterday was able to bring them to a place to hold the Champion Cup. Luke Beveridge, their coach, must have done something amazing to instill this faith that anything was possible. And I don't know if you watch the footy shows, but sometimes they would show this clip of some of the players and uh, above the players uh, of the Bulldogs, there was this, this um, sort of, uh, on the wall, there was this anything is possible. Now this is just a football team. This is a football team that chose to believe that against all the odds, they could do it. Who are we as Christians? Let me tell you, we don't serve, you know, a football team. We serve the almighty God of heaven. And he has said to us that we can overcome. That if we choose and we dare to believe that we could maybe do something that could really bring great change and influence to our culture, not just our community, but our culture by faith. And this morning, what I want to challenge us in is I want us to be a people of faith. Now, I'm very, very aware that in this room, there's people that have got great faith. I was reading yesterday about Mark chapter 5, and in Mark chapter 5, there are two stories about people that had faith. One of them was a man called Jairus, and one of them was a woman who suffered with an issue of blood for 12 years. And Jairus, his daughter got sick and he went to Jesus in faith. When he went to Jesus, he was in faith. But there was another woman as, as Jairus urgently grabs Jesus and says, Jesus, now how many of you know that whenever there's a crisis, you seem to get more urgent about God? How many of you noticed that? It's amazing how, do you know, we turn to God when we're in a crisis. And he is, he is absolutely, he is urgent to get Jesus to his daughter because he knows she is not in a good place. And so he went to Jesus in faith. And as he's going through the crowd, and I bet you he was pulling Jesus along and saying, come on, Jesus, come on, let's push through this crowd. I believe he was making the way. He was most probably telling everybody, get out of the way because I'm urgent. He's urgent. When there's a crisis, things are always urgent. And right in the middle of a crowd, there was another woman who'd been suffering, the Bible says, with an issue of blood, a blood disorder, that she'd been suffering this with this for 12 years. The Bible says she'd gone to all the doctors. Every doctor had a file on her. Every doctor knew. And you know what? I reckon it was like this. Oh, not her. We've got Mrs. What's-His-Name, and yep, the one with the blood disorder. We'll quickly get her in. We'll just write a report. There's no hope for her. The Bible says that she'd spent all her money but when she heard about Jesus, faith arose. And she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. So there's two people in this story. One of them had great faith. The woman with the issue of blood had great faith because it says this, that when she touched the hem of his garment, she was healed. There are people in this room today, you've got great faith. You, your faith is strong. But there's other people in this room, you're a little bit like Jairus. And as you're walking through the crowd, you hear some negative news and all of a sudden your faith takes a hit. Your faith takes a hit because all of a sudden everything you were believing, everything you were hoping for, everything that you were pushing through to receive, all of a sudden there's bad news. I want to talk to you this morning. I want to talk to those that have had a bit of a hit, a bit of a scrap in their faith. How many of you know that life can dish you some real curveballs? 
And we are, we are called to live by faith. Even though you might think that, do you know what, do I have to be somebody special? No, let me tell you this. The moment you make a decision to live for Jesus Christ and you put your faith in him, you become extraordinary because of the faith you have in him. But let me tell you something about life. Life can knock you for a six. Life has this, and sometimes things happen out of our control that it's like, God, it's just not fair and, and our faith gets knocked. Now, if you've been around a while, and I've been around a while, I'm 57 years old. I plan to be around for another 50 years. How many of you would enjoy that? Gosh, only one person, two people, thank you. By the way, Gerth turned 70 this week. Isn't that great? Happy birthday. You don't look it. You're looking fantastic. But life can knock you for a six. Life can absolutely send a curveball out of the, the out of the the blue when you weren't even expecting it. This is what would have happened to Jairus. You know, a young daughter. Who would expect your young daughter to get sick? Who would expect that? Hey, you know, most probably it was like, God, why, why, didn't you, why didn't you hit me? Why didn't you give me this condition? Why did you give it to my daughter? And he, and he was knocked for a six because on his way there, he got such negative news that, man, he was, he was out of it. And actually, Jesus had to say, and he had to say, listen, don't be afraid, just have faith. This morning, I want to say to some of you that are walking through some stuff and you've been knocked around and some stuff has happened, listen, don't be afraid, have faith. Everything's going to be okay. In 2005, you want to talk about how life can hit you in a curveball. I don't stand here alone just trying to make up some stories. I know what life can do. I know some of the curveballs. I know some of the things that can happen to you that will test your faith. In 2005, in six weeks, it was like all hell was, <coughs> was unleashed on our family. And some of you have heard this story, and I don't tell you this just to repeat, but to give you courage because all of us will have to walk through some fire. All of us have to walk through some, some storms in life. Don't think that you're, you, you know, if you're a Christian and you have faith, that you're not going to actually walk through some storms. Actually, let me tell you, the moment you do become a Christian and you make a decision to live by faith, the storms will come. They will come. But in 2005, in six weeks, it was like all hell was unleashed. <coughs> I lost my voice and... I was diagnosed with nodules on my, on my vocal cords and I had to have an operation. I couldn't speak for a month. I've never seen my wife so happy. It was unbelievable. She finally got a word in. Mum was about to go to, to hospital but just before, to have uh, surgery on two of the discs in her back but just before she went, she had an accident and burnt the house down, her house. Then my son rode off his car. This all happened a week after week after week. This was just happening. And then my son, Michael, had, had a head injury uh, at a school event and had to have a brain surgery. Now, let me tell you something. When you're walking through this thing, you really see where your faith's at. Boy, you can preach this stuff. It's easy to preach it, but you have to walk it. So the Bible says we have to walk by faith. We have to live by faith. And I just, you know, I, I just didn't know. I thought, man, where the heck is this going? And, you know, sometimes God teaches us how to walk and live by faith through the scraps of life. Because after I had, we'd gone through this journey and we got through, let me tell you this, we got through the journey. My voice came back. My mum's back was good. Her house got rebuilt. Um, I think some of you know the story, how she burnt the house. Um, who's never heard the story of how mum burnt the house? Oh, man, put your hands up higher. Okay, I'll tell you the story very quickly. My mother 
she had back problems and uh, she was cooking for my, my daughter's 21st birthday um, and she was making lasagna. How many of you know lasagna's from heaven? It's the heavenly food. And uh, she was cooking lasagna. She'd made seven trays. It was even a godly number. Do you know what I mean? I thought, this is amazing. And uh, when she'd finished making the lasagna, her back was so sore that she went, and it was a really cold night, and she went to sit down, and uh, she had an electric bar heater in front of her. And someone had told her that if you put methylated spirits uh, on your legs, it will warm your legs up. Now, Italians use methylated spirits. The Greeks use Windex. You know what I mean? That's just how it works in the economy. I think I'm not sure which one's cheaper. And so what happened is mum puts this, she had a brand new bottle. She puts the, you know, the, the um, metho on this, this rag. And as she puts the bottle down, the bottle slips and hits and splashes and hits the electric bar here and up goes the house. The one memory, I, there was two memories I have about this situation. The first one is that when I saw my mum, my mum's got white hair, but because of all the soot, uh, her hair had turned just jet black. And I actually, this is really funny, in the middle of a crisis, this is, all I, this is what I was thinking, gee, she looks younger. <laughs> I felt like saying, you should dye your hair. The second thing that happened in the middle of a crisis, it's funny how people react in the middle of a crisis. As the firemen came in, because the roof went, they were able to save the walls. But as the roof went, and I came in there, I saw the lasagna, and the lasagna had been untouched. (laughs) And guess what I asked the firemen? I said, do you think we could still use these? He just gave me this look like, you have got to be kidding you are an idiot. Because I thought, why let him go to waste? Why these beautiful trays of lasagna? I thought, we can save them. Little did I know, smoke damage, the damage that it does. So we went through this horrific time, and right in the middle of it, in the middle of the storm, I had to make a decision. Do I trust and believe in the promises of God or do I choose to live in fear? Some of you at the moment are walking through some storms and you're walking through some stuff and you're going, man, and you know, when the circumstances and you know, when you're in the storm, let me tell you, it's a different world than when you're you're not in a storm. And it takes incredible courage because these men and women of God that we read about in Hebrews chapter 11, let let me tell you, we just read them as a story. But let me tell you, they they were going through their own storms, but it says by faith they chose to believe God. This is what I've noticed, that every scrap that we go through is a preparation for a whole new level of faith. Do you know what you're walking through right now? When you walk through the fire, and let me tell you, in in Isaiah chapter 43, it says this, when you walk through the fire, when you walk through the river that's going to like drown you, this is what it says, it doesn't say that you're going to stop, it says when you walk through it, let me tell you something, you're just walking through it. But one day you're going to get through the other side, you're going to get through the fire, you're going to get through the, 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 the storm and you're going to be a stronger person in faith than you were before. You're going to be a person that God's going to use to help someone else. The journey that you were on, as hard and as difficult and as dark it can seem to be. Let me tell you this, God's purpose is to strengthen your faith in him, but also to help others that are walking through a storm. I don't know how many people that we've been able to help and encourage just through this event. And that was just one of the storms we went through. We've been through a few storms in our family. Some of them have been emotional, some of them have been relational, some of them have been financial. There's all different storms of life. But you know, one of the great things that God has done in my life is that the depth of faith that he's begun, been able to dig in me has been able to prepare me for a whole new level, but it's also helped me to connect people to God through their pain. What you're going through is not futile. What you're going through, God will not 
put it to waste. He will use it to help others. And you know what? It might be your very encouragement to another person that can actually help them get their miracle. Come on, give God a big hand of praise today. Would you do that? So here's three things very, very quickly. Um, is that the right time up there? That, that would be the right time, isn't it? Okay, so Dan, in 10 minutes' time, could you come and play this keyboard? Because I'm going to sing. Is that all right? I was in a band called Nicky and the Boys. We can resurrect it. In 10 minutes' time. Here's three things about faith that we need to understand. They're integral, they are foundational <coughs> elements <coughs> of faith. The first one is hope. In Hebrews 11.1 1, it says this, that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Did you know that hope is the foundational cornerstone of faith? When the devil tries to get your faith, he actually doesn't start at your faith. He tries to get your hope. Hope is so vital today if you're going to be a person of faith. Hope is like a candle that flickers in the darkness of the night and doesn't matter how dark it is, the power of the small candle gives somebody hope. Do you know, my father came from a family of 10 kids. Um, he had, my, my, my grandmother had six boys and four girls. And in the Italian culture, uh, if you were a girl, you weren't allowed to go out at night to party, but the boys were. And they, they lived on a little, in, on a farm in the hills, and my grandmother, you know, she was so conscious of the boys and she so loved all her children. I got to meet her. I was able to live with her and my grandfather for nine months when we went to live in Italy for nine months. And she was the sweetest woman that I've ever met. But, uh, you know, my dad would tell me that in the middle of the night when they'd come back from the parties, my grandmother would have a candle on the windowsill and they would see it literally for miles away. And it would, because, in, you know, going up the hills, there was none of these electrical poles and things like that back in those days. It was pitch black. But this candle would sort of guide them and give them hope. Do you know what? Hope is so essential. We have to be people of hope. If there's anything, can I, can I say this, that we need to be people of hope. We need to be a church of hope. So many people will come into this place and they will be going through incredible storms. But faith gives people hope. It gives people hope. And, you know, we need to understand that God gives us hope. I thank God that the gospel has given me hope. This book has given me hope. It's given me hope about my own life. It's given me hope about the purpose of my life. It's given me hope about my family. It gives me hope. And sometimes maybe it's just like the flicker of a candle. Maybe, you know, what you're walking through, all you can see is the flicker of a candle. But let me tell you, that's the beginning of faith. And God wants to increase your faith. Do you know, since I've taken on these two um, hubs, there's a particular staff member, and they're not here, but they're in our other, the other hub, the other campus. And they're a great person, absolutely great person. And they, they are so articulate with wanting me to know everything that's going on. I mean everything. And they are articulate with their texts and their emails. And many times, because we're in transition and in a few weeks we, we finally get our campus pastor there, Steve and Jenny Maisie, they're landing there in a couple of weeks. Um, they, they sort of ask me and tell me all the challenges that they're having, that they're having in the church that people are having in the church. It's like a barrage. You know, if I don't get it through email, I'll get it on the phone. It usually happens about two to three times a day. And it's not that 
this person's trying to be negative. It's not that this person is trying to uh, um, create a negative environment. It's just that they want leadership and they want to know what to do. And when it first started happening, I'm there, man, there seems to be a lot of issues in this particular church. It's not like our Uni Hill Church, which are all perfect saints and unbelievable. Good preaching. But every day there was a problem and every day there was, and I was just going, man. And this is what I realised. You know, some of them, the entanglement of situations and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. This is what he said to me. Give her hope. Tell her everything's going to be okay. And I just, you know, all the complexity of situations, I just kept texting about, do you know what? That's going to work out okay. It's all going to be okay. Do you know what? We're going to get through this. Do you know what? It's going to turn around next week. Watch what's going to happen. It's going to turn around. And this person was amazed because they said to me, they said, you know, Pastor Nick, after I speak to you, after I text you, it's like, you know what? It's like I get faith and it's like all the fear and all the doubt lift. Let me tell you, we need to be people of hope. We need to be people of hope. And if we can be people of hope, God is going to see us do some incredible miracles around the place. Do you know, Mother Teresa, her biggest gift was not actually feeding the poor, but it was giving them hope. Hope is more than just a meal. Hope will nourish your soul. Hope will give somebody the courage to take another step. And we have to be people of hope. Here's the second thing. We have to be people that believe. Do you know, faith has a component of hope, but it also has a component of believing. What is it to believe? It means to have confidence and trust. It means to hold on to truth. Please listen to what I just said. Believing means to hold on to truth. You know, you believe. We all believe. We've all been given a measure of faith. But what are you believing what are you actually believing? Are you believing God's word and his truth? Because that's how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Or are you hearing everybody else's voice around you? And let me tell you, uh, you know, sometimes I find myself that, you know, and as a leader, I need to get advice. But sometimes, you know, while I'm walking through stuff, it's amazing all the different distractions and voices that come and say, this can't be done and this can't be done and we can't do this. I thank God that, you know, when I was looking at it, I'll tell you why these guys are going to make it in history makers, because I actually want to can I wanted to cancel the thing. When I asked them, I, I sat Charles and Mason down and I said, you know what, guys, look, it's a bit late. We're in transition. I gave them every excuse. Let's can it for this year and we'll do it next year. I said, what do you want to do? No, Pastor, we believe we can do this. Thank God they believed. I said, thank God they believed. They believed. They believed that God had started and put a word in their hearts and we saw the results of it. To believe means to have a firm persuasion, to have a conviction. Someone that believes and believes the word of God has an inner peace, has an inner strength, has a confident assurance that everything is going to be all right even in the middle of a storm. Do you want to know something? I want to live like that. I want to be like that. I want to be a person that, you know what, doesn't matter what we're going through, that, you know what, I put my hope in Jesus Christ and I say, you know what, I'm going to believe his word, not what the circumstances says to me. Now, who's getting a bit excited about this word? Just four people. You know what, we have to fight against it. Do you know fear is a spirit? Do you know fear is a spirit? I don't know if you've ever been under fear. Fear can rob you of not just your joy, but it robs you of faith. But let me tell you this too. Faith is a spirit too. Faith is a spirit that once it comes upon you, the impossible can happen. 
And in this, in this society that we live in today, you just have to, you know, my wife refuses to hear the news. She says, because after I've heard the news, I feel so depressed. I feel that, like there's no hope. I feel like, you know, we found out the other day that we're, we're the most murderous city in the world, apparently. We've had more murders happen here in this, how many are getting excited about that, in Melbourne. And you go, oh, I thought this is the greatest city to live in, and yet we've got the highest rate of murders. It's not good, but thank God for the church. I said, thank God for the church. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for hope. Thank God that there's a people that will believe what he says, not what the world says and not what the culture says. And I want to be a person and and I pray that, because I'm on a journey just like you, but I, I pray that in the middle of my storms that I'll keep looking to him and having hope and believing in him. You might ask, well, why do some of the challenges come? Why did God take all this time to deliver the Israelites and send 10 plagues and do all this effort to deliver the children of Israel and then put them in the back sea to the Red Sea and put their back against the wall? Why was it? was because God wanted to see if they would believe him and trust him. Do you know, sometimes God puts you back to the wall, not because he's trying to give you a hard time, not because he's trying to, you know, smack you around, not because he's angry with you, just because he wants faith to arise in you and he wants to see if you will believe him no matter what. That's the sort of person I want to be. That's the sort of person, that's how I want to live. I've tried the other way. I've tried living, being governed by fear. I've been there. I've been in some really dark places where depression and fear and anxiety and worry control every thought of your life. And you don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to face another day And you think to yourself, God, I don't know if I can actually go on. I don't know if you've ever been there. I've lived that way. And I want to tell you how that way looks. There's no hope. It just steals from you. It robs from you. It takes away your dignity. It takes away your identity. It takes away your purpose. It takes away the victory that God put in your life. I don't want to live like that and I don't want to let people that I come in contact live like that. But I want to be a person of hope. I want to be a person that believes sometimes the impossible. Not that I can just win a football match, but boy, oh boy, sometimes the Bible says that the spirit of this world, the people of this age, are wiser than the people of of God. Maybe Luke Beveridge, he stumbled on something that, you know what, we could all learn a lesson from. That maybe if you believe the impossible can happen, that maybe just some ordinary people, if they choose to believe, maybe some changes can happen. Maybe you can shift destiny after 65 years or 66 years of living in a drought. Maybe there can be a change. Maybe you can bring a change. I didn't come here from Adelaide four and a half years ago just to do a job. I came here because God called me here. And He called me here to bring hope and to bring and raise up a people that would believe the impossible, that would take steps of actions that would not be confined to the restrictions of finances or resources or the lack of, but rather to raise up a generation of people that would say, come on, we can do this because our God is great. And I'm getting a lot more excited than you are. I'll tell you that now. I don't know what you're going through. Believe. Don't believe in a system or a religion, I'm telling you to believe in God. God is faithful. Put your hope in God. Put your belief system. Put it in God. Here's the last thing very quickly. People of faith are people of action. They act. Do you know faith will make you act? 
Let me tell you what fear does to you. Fear, it will immobilize you. Fear paralyzes you. If you've ever come under a spirit of fear, let me tell you what will happen to you. You get paralyzed. You just want to stay in the same place. That's why people who actually get depressed, there is a fear element and they just want to stay in bed. They just don't want to move. But faith, faith is amazing. Because when you put faith in God and you put your hope and your belief and trust and confidence in God, let me tell you this, every step you take, you're breaking fear. Every single time you take a step, you're breaking something of the atmosphere of fear in your life and faith is starting to build. That's why when God spoke to Joshua, let me tell you, don't think Joshua was not scared about going into the promised land. Let me tell you, he was thinking to himself, man, I've taken over from Moses. He did all these miracles. Do you, do you think Joshua w- woke up one day and goes, beauty, I'm it. I'm the leader now. You beauty, I'm going to take these people. No, no, no. He was scared. Don't worry about that. That's because that's why God had to say to him, listen, be strong and courageous three times. But this is what God said to him. Listen, every place you step your foot, you're going to possess. Because that's what faith does. Let me tell you about something about faith. Every time you choose to take a step forward, even if it's getting out of bed, even if for you it's so hard to get out of bed, every time you take a step, even just getting out of bed, you're starting to break the atmosphere over your life. You know, a mate of mine, he was depressed and he lost this job. He couldn't get a job. He was a high flyer. He was like on $150,000 a year. He could not get a job. For six months, he went to the the doctors. The doctors wanted to put him on medication. I don't know why I'm saying this this morning, but, you know, they wanted to put him on medication. They wanted to, um, you know, literally get him, you know, clinically assessed and everything like that. And he just battled in it. And sometimes I know that some people need to do that. I understand that. But you know what? He made a decision. He said, I am not going to uh, subdue myself to this. I'm not going to do that. He decided that what he was going to do every morning, this is what he chose to do. He said, I'm going to get up every morning. I'm going to shave. I'm going to put on my suit. I'm going to put on a tie. And even if I don't get a job interview, I'm going to take steps as if I've got a job. Let me tell you, it took him six months, but every step he took, let me tell you, he was taking ground. And one day, let me tell you, this job opened up for him. He said, Nick, I wasn't even totally qualified, but because I broke fear over my life, because I decided I was going to be a person of action, something was like the Red Sea opened up and he went through into the promised. Come on, let's be people of action. Come on, stand to your feet right now. Would you do that? You know, there are people here today. This is what we're going to do. If you've taken a battering in your faith, if you know that, you know, it's like hope has been removed, there's been some challenges, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I want every eye closed just for a moment. Firstly, you might say, Pastor, why do I need to do this? This is one of the steps of actions. This is, this is you saying, I'm going to respond today to God's Word. God is for you. He is batting for you. He's batting more for you than you are actually batting for yourself. But if you're in a bit of a storm right now and you're saying, you know, Pastor Nick, I've stepped back. I've just begun to get fearful. I want to tell you, God wants faith to arise today. If that's you, I want you to shoot your hand up really, really quickly and say, Pastor Nick, today I am going to, I want to break this thing over my life. I'm going to ask you now to come out of your seats and come right to the front. Would you do that right now? Come on, just come out right now. Just come out from your seats. Come out because as you do that, I want people clapping right now. Could you clap for these folks? Come on, just begin to clap. Come on, just begin to clap. Come on, keep clapping. Come on, something is going to break over these lives this morning. Something's going to break over these lives this morning. Do you know, you you folks that have come out the front, you're going to be people of faith. Let me tell you, today you're going to leave different. Something is going to actually, the fact that you've come out here, the fact that you've taken those steps is you've ignited faith 
in your heart. I just wonder if you know any of these folks, if you would quickly come out and stand with them. Come on, we all need encouragement and we all need help. Every single one of us needs encouragement and we need help. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Come on, everybody, find someone. Find someone, find someone. Adam, guys, just, we're going to pray in a minute. It's not over. It's not finished. But God's rebuilding some things in your life. The fact that you've come out here today, you know, it's taking some steps. It's taking some steps. God's going to rebuild from the ground up, from the ground up. I just see literally like new foundations uh, being planted. But you know what? There's some healing going to take place in your heart and in your mind because you know what? You are a man of faith and God's going to just break some of those shackles right now. Just put your hands on his heart right now. Father, come on, everybody just praying for a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now for the Holy Ghost. I thank you, God. There's a fresh visitation of the Holy Spirit that's coming upon you and I thank you right now in the name of Jesus Father for not just breakthrough but Lord for a reconstruction for reconstruction I thank you that there is hope and there is faith, renewed hope and renewed faith in Jesus precious and holy name Father I thank you for this lady right now, you've gone through some storms you've gone through some things but God says take courage today for I am with you I am for you and you're going to see God break through come on give God a big hand of praise now I want everybody come on I want you to be involved come on can you get involved can you get involved I want everybody just with your hands raised towards these people I want you to begin to pray come on begin to pray there's some miracles that need to happen in this place today there's some miracles that need to happen in this place today father I thank you today that Lord we are seeing miracles here today Lord you're going to awaken faith you're going to awaken hope you're going to awaken the impossible those dreams that Lord have Lord, come in these people and become dormant. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to awaken these dreams, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, and we release your power, that faith, the spirit of faith, let the spirit of faith come upon these people, we pray. Father, in Jesus' precious and holy name, amen and amen. Now, we've got a couple here. We've got Jade, and our church prayed for Jade. I think about three weeks ago, is that right? Yeah. About three weeks ago. And um, have you... we're going to pray right now. How many of you know Jade needs a miracle? And the incredible thing here is that, do you know what? She's come to the right place. It's great that she's come to God. Come on now, I want everybody praying. Everybody just, just extend your hands out right here. Father, we thank you for Jade. Lord, we know that she's in a storm. But Father, today we thank you that you're, Lord, you're giving her hope. And Father, not only are you giving her hope, but faith is arising. I thank you that this couple is going to walk different. When you walk through this, when you've come through this, you're going to walk different. You're going to be different. You're going to know the grace of God. You're going to know the purpose of God. You're going to know the goodness of God. Let me tell you, this will not come to an end, but it will be for God's glory. It will be that you will know that God is not just for you, but He is the lover of your soul. And Father, today we protect her mind and we protect her heart and we protect her spirit. We thank you for that. In Jesus' precious and holy name. Come on, I want you just to keep praying just for a moment. Come on, keep praying, church. Come on, just begin to stir up a a spirit of faith. Come on, stir up a spirit of faith. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. It's going to turn. I just see it's going to turn. I I just see you're walking through something, but it's going to turn. It's like you've been battered, but it's going to turn. I see that it's going to turn. The things that you've been battling with, God says, watch my hand and see 
the turn and see what I'm going to do. Father, I thank you for Dave. Dave, you are a man of faith. You are a man of faith. You're a man of courage. God wants you to see circumstances. He wants you to see things differently. He wants you to even declare them differently. And Father, in Jesus' name, let the man of faith rise up and become everything that he has and dreams in his heart, I pray in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody lift your hands towards heaven just for a moment. Come on, this whole congregation. Come on, everybody, just lift your hands towards heaven. And I want you to begin in your own life, begin to declare, God, today, today, Holy Spirit, I want to be a person of faith. I want to be a person of hope. I want to be a person that brings hope. I want to be a person that brings faith into situations. I want to be a person that believes. I want to be a person that is a person of action. Father, I pray that as we come into this new season of our church, that, Lord, we will nurture the spirit of faith that believes that all things are possible in our God. We bless you for that today. We thank you for that today. And we honour you for that today in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a big hand of praise right now in Jesus' name. Come on, give Him praise today. Come on, just give Him praise. Just give Him praise. Cliff. Cliff, Cliff, just look at me. Cliff, I I just sense you're a man of the Word. And that's where faith starts. It really does. And can I say this to you? I just believe that God wants you to go to another new level of faith. He really does. Not just in your church life and your ministry life, but your personal life. I really believe that God wants to lift the lid uh, just of some personal things and even for your family to believe more and greater for God in your family. Is that all right? That'd be great. Nat and Aaron, let me tell you, um, you've been through a storm. I understand that. But you know, one day, and you've already, already you're sowing into young people's lives. Already you've, you've churned, already you've taken a step of faith. But, and you're still on that faith journey. And you know, I don't want to say too much, but I just see joy. I see joy and I see joy and I see abundant joy. Come on, people, I want you to begin to declare this over this couple right now. Come on, Father, we speak joy over this couple. Father, I thank you. There's joy. There's seasons of singing. Father, there's seasons of happiness. There's seasons of great joy. Father, we thank you for that today and we bless you for it in Jesus' name. Come on now, lift your hands towards heaven one more time. Come on, begin to give God a shout of praise. Come on, begin to turn and begin to say, God, I want this to be a place of worship, a place of everything. Lord, let let there be a nurturing of faith. Uh, Lord, let there be hope. Father, let there be, Lord, a new spirit to believe the impossible. Let there be, Lord, let us be a people of action. Father, we pray for that. We thank you for that today. Father, in Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Come on, give God another huge hand of praise. Come on, give Him a shout of praise today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't you guys take your seats? Our God is good, isn't He? Let's give a hand to our pastor. Thank you, Pastor Nick. Do you know, I I think that there are some people in this congregation, I just feel in my heart that... um, you need to dedicate at some point this week to fasting. I'm, I felt the Lord speak to me during the service. You know that I, I want to believe that God can do miraculous things. And I know that sometimes in our life it, it takes us, and, and, and it's three basic concepts, isn't it? It's hope, it's believe, and then it's act. Faith without action. So I'm choosing to fast next week in faith that God is going to do something new and something fresh. Amen. Amen. Hey, just quickly, uh, last week we were supposed to take our missions offering, but um, because of ministry time last week, it didn't happen. So um, if you've prepared for that today, that'd be fantastic. Just want to tell you, uh, Vince uh, Bromio has been doing an incredible work in Italy. He's uh, been leading Youth Alive over there and they are beginning to see miraculous breakthrough. 
in that nation. He's doing things that 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 hasn't been seen uh, in Europe and and over there before. And this man lives such a humble, humble life. Do you know, I reflected this week when, when I stood on the stage and I was just about to preach and I got caught up staring at these kids. And, and, and the thought that I had was, if I spent the rest of my life scrubbing toilets, but was called by God to do it, would it sustain me? Would I be happy? This man is called to a nation. He lives so humbly, but because of his faith, God is bringing great breakthrough in that nation. And we as a family get to help him and support him on that journey. So why don't we pray for him and what he's doing? Lord God, we thank you for Vince. We thank you for what he's doing in Italy with Youth Alive. We thank you for the breakthroughs. We thank you for the salvations. We thank you for the discipleship that is taking place. Lord, right now, I just pray for blessing and additional provision to come into his life, Lord. We thank you for his faith. We thank you for his humility. He does it to see your kingdom come, your will be done, see your your kingdom move forward. We thank you for him in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. There should be buckets just under your seats on the left-hand side if you just pass them across. Hey, go on faith this morning. Please come out next week to support our young people as they speak. I'll be bringing the word after them. Heaps of programs get kicking. We're in the fourth term of 2016 already. That is incredible. Do you know at the end of this term, we've been here a year. Isn't that amazing? God is just incredible. We're almost a school calendar year anyway. We started in February. Praise God. Hey, why don't you stick around, grab a coffee, connect with one another, encourage one another, and we'll see you next week. God bless you.